What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71. And your auditory canals are tuned into Season 5, Episode 10 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much. Just always, as always, happy to be here with you fine fellows. You know, and, and happy that all of you fine folks out in podcast land are listening to us and keep turning tuning in. So we really appreciate it. Yes, thank you folks for listening. And of course, our show would be a no-go without Trader Joe a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Glad to be back. A little, high, little small pause we had these last couple of weeks, but uh, I always love to do this show, so I'm doing great. Okay, okay. So we are just going to go jump right into things. We're changing our structure just a little bit on uh, this episode. We're going to hop right into the news. So, Trader Joe, why don't you hit the folks up with the information in the gaming industry that uh, you were able to locate for this episode? Okay, yeah. So, um, pretty much just covering like news from the last few weeks on that. But the first thing that I want to lead off with and uh, what will be a point of discussion for us to talk about as well is uh, Analog, uh, the company that's known for making um, sleek and modern takes on classic video game consoles. Um, they are um, bringing out next year a, a portable system called the Analog Pocket on there. So what this particular company does is that they actually go in and they create a console that is fully backwards compatible with certain platforms on there. And they use a particular technology so that it's not running via emulation, but actually running natively using programs that they're using with a particular type of chipset on there. So, so they have been working on this for a while on there. So they do have the analog pocket it is coming out. It's going to natively support original Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance on there. It will display it with up to 10 times the resolution of Nintendo's classic device on there. Um, it, it features a 3.5 inch 665 PPI LCD display with a 1600 by 1440 resolution built-in backlight and it has a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. USB-C uh, charging capability and an included SD slot, 3.5 headphone jack, and remappable buttons on there. Also, they have a support for a built-in synthesizer called NanoLoop, which would be helpful for the people that love to make music on the Game Boy on there. And on top of all this fine technology, they do have a dock that they're going to sell separately that you should be able to play all of these games on your TV using support with uh, any uh, compatible uh, controller. And on top of this, above and beyond, they are going to sell adapters. So the device will also play games from Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, and the Atari Lynx 
on that. So, and they did announce that they might have other platforms available when the platform, when the system actually comes out on that. So, so if you do want to get a hold of this bad boy, what you're going to need to do is go on to Analog's website, register. They will send out information once information is available for pre-ordering. Uh, availability for the system is going to be limited on there. So, and my questions to you, gentlemen, on there is: given the vast array of games with the system, is there uh, particular you know games you want to play on this thing? Do you want to buy this thing? And what are your um, what's your like history with portable gaming in general? Well, let's just start, Kev. Well, uh, for me, my Portable gaming, and I, don't, I reluctantly call it portable, is really, those of you folks who are old enough to remember the Atari Lynx, <laughs> uh, portable was highly subjective. Yeah. I mean, I, I give the, the Nintendo Switch some, some guff about not really being portable. The Atari Lynx, particularly the original one, which is what I have, not portable at all. I mean, you maybe got 15 minutes of play time using AA batteries. Uh, I think he had. I think that thing ran on eight, six <laughs> or eight. Um, so many portable, batteries. Uh, yeah, AA batteries. You maybe got 15 minutes of play time before that before they were completely drained. So the only time I actually used it was at home <laughs> with using the AC adapter. But I do have a lot of games, and I would kind of sort of be interested in this product uh, specifically because of my Atari Lynx uh, library. And I, I've got, I, I wouldn't say I have a vast number of games, but I think I've got maybe, I think I've got about five to seven games, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I had that system as well, Kevin, and that was my first introduction to portable gaming because I... I always kind of scoffed at the Game Boy when it was first released. I thought it was like, oh, this is this like crappy kid's toy with a bad mm -hmm. um, screen. And the same thing with the Game Gear. Game Gear typically just a portable master system, and I already owned a master system. So I was like, you know, even though it's Sega, even though it's great, that I wasn't really looking at that. So Atari Lynx was developed by the same people that designed the uh, Commodore Amiga, and I'm a Commodore Amiga junkie. So... Mm -hmm the reason why i got into the links and i remember like all sorts of games like what i know gauntlet came out for i thought that game was great uh, blue thunder and chips challenge and i don't know what other games you remember on i know that the port of ninja gaiden was pretty good too it was the arcade version so yeah i i do have uh, ninja gaiden uh, ninja gaiden on links i do have my favorite games were um uh well of course ninja gaiden and Slime World, there was another, it was like a very in-depth, kind of like an action RPG almost. Yeah. Um, in which you're, you were an astronaut going through this uh, world of slime, trying to take out the, uh, the queen uh, producing all this slime. And you had an anti-slime gun, which spit out slime bits. And then you were having to dodge enemies that were spitting out green slime at you so you're constantly kind of using enemy drops to power up your gear and 
uh, stuff like that. That was a really fun game. Um, also, Gates of Zendikon, which was a uh, top-down shmup from oh, right Lynx. On. Yeah, and I've got I've got another one. It's called Good Dog, which is a platformer. Uh, we were a dog trying to save its master who was from, from bullies or some something or junkyard dog. It was something you were a dog and having to jump over stuff, people throwing junk at you, trying to get to your trying to save your master. Sounds exciting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was different. And uh wow. I guess let's see there was another and of course Blue Thunder. Uh yeah, Blue, Blue, Blue Thunder, Thunder was, was like a afterburner type. Afterburner game. clone, yeah. Super dope. Yeah. I, and now that I remember, and I'm trying this coming back to me, but I remember because Lynx was the only platform that had some of the Atari games, arcade games that were recent at the time. And I remember like playing APB and Zybots specifically, and those are the two games that I enjoyed as well. I there, did so. not have APB, but I do have Zybots. Yeah, like I love Zybots in the arcade, but uh, you know, we I didn't make this to be a, a nerd out session on the Lynx, but. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is is that I as soon as I saw this thing this thing was right in my wheelhouse because I have a bunch of GBA games I started on the Game Boy on the GBA side and I started collecting for it and uh, you know there's a ton of great 2D action games um, great RPGs on the Game Boy Advance and I mean don't be uh, dissuaded because of the fact that you might not own all the cartridges either because obviously with the SD card support it's just the point of uh, when not if that uh, someone will come up with a program to load ROMs on it if need be but obviously if, if someone like myself that owns a ton of GBA cartridges and this thing you know all the other retro systems that analog has brought out I don't have like a like a hundred NES games lying around or Genesis games. Unfortunately, I've you know been through the '90s and been through buying, selling, and trading. You know, obviously my name is Trader Joe. You know, so those games have long since died, been traded in, and so that's this is why this particular platform is just like it's singing its praises to me. And then I'm hoping too that they have some sort of you know programs for maybe even some emulation for like SNES, NES, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. on there. Any interest in this, Desmond? I know that uh, you're a big portable RPG fan. I just don't know if uh, this is something you want to throw down two bills at least. Mm, I don't know. The thing that I'm really concerned about is just the having to get the carts. So if you don't have a cart for this, you're kind of SOL, right? No, you can go pick up the games on eBay. I mean, do what you think you want to do. There's still cheaper games that are available. Obviously, some of the GBA stuff, especially if you're buying Mint and Box, you know, and all that's going to cost a little bit more than average. But I know it's supposed to support the other systems also support what the uh, cartridge is called EverDrive cartridges, which uh, basically is a, a cartridge shaped like a GBA cartridge that you could load ROMs onto using your personal computer. So I just, again, I just worry that, um, that I won't have enough to justify the purchase. Like I won't have enough games to, to, to justify, you know, buying and spending this, this much money on this, on, on this system. I think it's gotcha. great, you know, but, but I mean, people like, is this a, is this a novelty to have it? Because, is it most of these games uh, able to be um, 
what is it uh emulated like isn't aren't can't these games be emulated or haven't they been emulated and i know that there's something about um having it having it ran natively uh i guess makes it faster i'm assuming or i just looking at the form factor looking at the screen and the um, fidelity and everything that's about what it is it's like you know if i'm going to go back and try to play neo geo pocket you know it's not backlit i have to go get a worm light i don't own a worm light i have to play in front of a damn <laughs> uh lamp like back in the day i have to make sure to position myself on the couch and, and play this particular title so i could have a little backlight you know so th- mm. there's some uh, technology quality um, of life where, issues of course of course and then be able to dock this thing and play my games on TV without having to resort to busting out a GameCube, you know, even though I have a Game Boy player <laughs> lying around here as well. So, I mean, I just, I just want to get your guys' take because I'm super enthusiastic about this because I have a library of games to play. I mean, and I know some people out there, if they're interested in this, you know, whether they would, you know, try to get an EverDrive and load ROMs on it, uh, try to maybe start picking up GBA games again or, you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, I really don't know um, if it's worth it to, to buy it for me, for me, yeah. you know, as, as only being like, I don't want to say that I'm like a, a casual gamer because, because I, I don't think that I am, but at the same time, I just don't know if I can justify spending the money uh, on oh, it. Oh, for sure. And you know what I would recommend you know, too, I mean, if you don't think throwing through 200 bucks is a valid point i mean uh gamestop still sells ds lights i mean you go get a ds light for i picked one up like three weeks ago for like 35 bucks on sale so it's like you know nat plays gba stuff and the ds light has a, a backlit screen it has the best screen for game boy games so so i mean you think about the value in that but uh I would I would deem this as a being a luxury item, but we'll have to see once it comes out. I'll definitely give all my full impressions. I'm hoping I get on the list and I'll be able to speak more about the system um, next year, hopefully. So. But do you think that you wouldn't be able to get it? Uh, there's a possibility, yeah. It's, it's limited, so it's just like getting PAX tickets or something where wow. I, I need to get the notification and get queued up because... So, I know with the previous systems that Analog has brought, brought out, uh, I think they started bringing that. I think their first console ever was a Neo Geo AVS that was um, made with a block of wood. They actually carved the thing out. I don't know if you remember that, Kevin, or not. But Vaguely. I also remember their uh, NES made out of metal. Yeah, they made it out of metal, and they actually yeah. used uh, – they gutted out actual NES systems and was during their first – run before using the technology that they are using now on there they actually were using guts from actual nes systems to make this like you know just gorgeous 500 dollar like you know hdmi enabled like nes uh, designed here there and back so i mean so i mean that's cool and all but like i don't know i mean that that just screams like serious you know gamer niche market kind of stuff like i don't yeah, it might yeah. it might be kind of like what we talked about. Remember when we saw the Playdate at PAX? You know that uh, portable system with the crank. Yeah, so. like like I remember that, and I was just like, "What? What is this again? What are we doing? Huh? You know?" I don't know it was just weird. 
don't know. To me, I, this thing is it's going to be uh, for me. It's like second coming. I mean, to me, I'm going to be able to throw Neo Geo Pocket games, GBA games in there and play them on the go and play them in my bed. You know, put them and play them on my TV with the dock. I mean, it's just going to be the goods. I just just can't wait. I'm salivating. <laughs> so, mm. all right. Next news story about another platform. Uh, you know, since we last recorded, uh, Sony had a, a little another bit of information released through again Wired magazine on there. So they put out some information online back on October eighth on there. So they have confirmed, surprise, surprise, that the new console will be called the PlayStation Five and it will be out next year, launching in time for holiday twenty twenty on there so the company announced several changes that will be making to the controller on the ps5 um, amongst them they are replacing the current rumble technology um, since the since the original playstation for new haptic feedback technology that promises will have a broader range of feedback plus no licensing fees to pay that company that they've probably been paying for years and years and years so um, other big changes that Sony's talking about is uh, adaptive triggers on there. So what will happen on the primary R2 and L2 triggers on the controller, you'll be able to program the resistance of the triggers. Give me an example that you'll be able to feel the increased tension as you draw back a bow or force you to push down with extra pressure if you're driving through rough terrain on there. So And uh, also, too, um, it's going to support USB-C, of course. I think everything coming out here on out should on that um it's going to have other refinements too including a larger battery and improved speakers in the controller on there so they did acknowledge last time because they did state that playstation the next console was supposed to support ray tracing but they did confirm that ray tracing acceleration will actually be in the graphics processor inside the system they're not going software it's going to be hardware support on there they also did confirm that the ps5 will use standard 100 gigabyte blu-ray discs on there and we'll have an internal ssd drive as well on there they did state that with the new system they're going to in the os make it so that you could install games in sections meaning if you want to install like say single player content only no multiplayer that you're able to segment your install to fit what you want to do with said game on that so so i support that especially with having to clean the fridge every so often <laughs> but not you know um i think that's a great choice i know some games now do offer that but you know if they make it so where every game's going to have to you know in the os that offers this particular support so we'll have to see about that, of course, uh, they just re they revealed previously that's going to have an 8-core GPU, um, 3D audio, support for 8K gaming, as well as 4K gaming at 120 hertz, much lower power consumption option, PS4 backwards compatibility, and, of course, that SSD. Of course, we don't know all of the details. We don't know any games coming out for it, even though believe in the Wired article, they did say that Blue Point Games, the uh, developer that has done reboots of like uh, Shadow of the Colossus and other games, they're noted to be a company that works on um, 
remasters. They are working on a game for PS5, so we'll see if they're repurposing a game or doing an own, their own game by themselves. We'll have to see mm. on there. But, uh, you know, it's just the point of when, not if, we're going to get the veil uncovered on this thing, hopefully. You know, hopefully they'll show the form factor. I've seen enough pictures of that dev kit floating around. I've been tired of looking at it, but... <laughs> Any excitement on the system for you guys? Day one confirmed. I mean, what price point? Because, I mean, they're talking about this is going to be a pretty powerful system on that. So, Well, for me, it's going to be a day one. Um, but I'm also I'm also prepared to, to pay, you know, this is not going to be a $399 system. That's I don't think so. <laughs> that much. I think that much has been made crystal clear. My guess is that this will be probably a four ninety nine. I I would say more. I say it would be higher, but I think Sony is scared of that PS three era price. Yeah, I think uh, so too. I don't. I think they're going to do everything in their power to keep it under uh, under that uh, six hundred plus uh, introductory price. The tech sounds interesting, particularly with the uh, that. Pro- they got some type of proprietary SSD uh, tech going in there that speeds up game loads. The haptic triggers are sound, sound kind of interesting to me. Uh, more feedback from your games. But yeah, I think that I think folks are just going to have to you know start setting aside your nickels and your shekels and coins now because uh, I think this is going to be a, a 500 minimum console. I mean, I probably end up buying it, you know. Um, and yes, I think I think you are completely right, Kev. You just need to start saving up, you know. You gotta start saving it up. You gotta, because like I I want it because I, I never bought a pro, you know. I never never bought a pro. I resisted the urge to buy one, and uh, and I never did. So I was just like, okay, and I, and the the regular one has been fine. So part of me is kind of thinking, well, do I just get a a pro and not and not worry about it but you know I, I a part of me is kind of um worried that if i get a pro they're going to be making games that are specific for for the new one and so i won't be able to play anything else <laughs> you know so oh you have a good back catalog to play but yeah i mean if you're going to spend four hundred dollars on a pro it's not going to play ps5 games i mean that's a pretty yeah. much a conclusion so yeah and looking at all the rumors coming around and the talk and whatnot, uh, there was another more speculation saying that they might release multiple SKUs of the system. And I could can really see to where they're going to release, like the PS4, PS4 Pro, you might see at launch a 499 system base and maybe a 599 Pro version of the PS5. On that, would that be something that you guys would take be taken aback with if they do happen to skew break up the skew a little bit if they have the super the greatest de- you know uber duper death mode PS5 <laughs> for an additional 100 150 bucks? Uh, I no. think start splitting your base right off the right off the top is not a good idea. Um, I didn't think the Pro slash One X model was a great idea, even though I've got both. But 
I think when you're when you if you're introducing this off the top, I mean, unless the only way that that would work in my mind is if you guarantee if you if both had the same like uh, network connection speed, meaning that the the difference in your uh, online games uh, would not be affected. It would you would just be playing on the base system, maybe at a lower res. Uh, but still have the same uh, abilities to connect as as the the higher actual echelon, if I can speak correctly, the higher the higher version, the higher model, the pro model. But even doing that, uh, I don't think it's a good idea uh, to split your base, you know, you know, right off the top. Because then you're gonna you're gonna have your content creators uh, debating on whether or not it's going to be financially lucrative to do a graphics pack for a game. Uh, it's much much easier when they know that everybody that has this console has the same tech in the box. For so sure. there's so there's none of this you know super the greatest download graphics pack that you get to get and whether or not the developers are going to even support it. I I don't think that they should do that at all. They probably will. Um, only because they're going to want to... They, they want to be able to... I, I think the reason they're going to do it is because they want to be able to get other people into it and, and be able to do other... It, it's like... It's like you want to be able to kind of please as many people as possible... And if it's not costing them anything to manufacture these, then why not? And they've already and they've already done it before with the last one, so it only so it so it makes sense sort of to just kind of be like, well, we've already done this before, you know. It's it, people have already said that they were going to do it or, or or have done it, so why don't we just say okay? You know, that's why I think they they have no. There's a reason why they shouldn't do it. You know, it's kind of yeah. one of those things. You know, well, maybe maybe not right away. Maybe later on in the console life cycle, maybe it's something they could do as well. There's rumors too, uh, saying that part of the Switch Pro that they waited until next year. Nintendo did is that they want to kind of make sure that they have enough horsepower to compete with the new two new consoles coming out. So, uh, the you know take that for what it's worth to see what they come up with. But that's all rumor and speculation now we're into fan fiction and i don't want to go into that too much so but uh i mean i think it would be interesting you know i think it would be too yeah if they were to basically be like well okay everybody you know now we're gonna go ahead and do this i hope you like it yeah here you go ha 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 you know so i mean i i mean i hope they don't do it you know but they probably are but you know Oh, it's it's not, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to release a revised Switch, you know, just like they have with the, their portable systems. So, you know, but we'll have to see. You I'm know. just more concerned about about it being the death knell for uh for the DS. You know, like who, like seriously, like you 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 make the a 3DS thing. is dead. I mean, that's is dead. That's what I that's that's the thing that makes me sad because I still. Like I still want them to make that. Like I still like I like that system, and it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just sad. Yeah. If you like your 3ds, go buy a Switch Lite. That's what they weren't. Yeah. They're gonna tell you. So. 
All right. Now, there's a, the, but the Switch Lite doesn't pay play 3DS games, though, right? No, it does not. No. Yeah. So that's the problem. I mean, if you yeah, ask yeah. me, anyway. Yeah, of course. So you know, I, I'm I'm a big supporter of 3DS too, but I just know that it's it's a done deal. It's a, it's pretty much. A, they haven't announced any games for the system. I don't anticipate any new games being announced for the system from this point forward. So, all right. And another thing that uh, I wanted to talk about is if you haven't seen the footage yet, uh, WWE 2K20 has some issues possibly. So, that's pretty lightly. Of course. So, WWE games have responded to the internet backlash received from the release of the game on there. So uh, the studio has shared that they are listening to user feedback. The studio also shared that players can expect to a release of a patch sometime in the next two weeks. And the player should stay tuned to their social media channels for more information. If you haven't seen video of what's going on with this game, this game is buggy as all get out. Um, there's like, you too. know, wrestlers dropping into the ring you know like the ref just disappearing like know. it looks bad yeah the graphically yeah it looks like a ps2 game like it looks real bad and i don't know how 2k handled this but i don't know if you're aware but the yukes the comp- japanese company they've been working on this game with for years they didn't uh, they, do it they booted them off the game um uh, literally like right after 2k19 came out and uh they visual concepts themselves was the one that developed the game uh, internally and so obviously i don't know how well 2k uh 20 for nba launched i know there was some buzz about that game being kind of buggy and you know coming out prior to it being fully developed and fully ready (laughs) it's just another one of these like EA, 2K, you know, Ubisoft, things where they are releasing games before they're finished and expecting to patch them up at a later point. Then you can see how damaging it is uh, to the brand, you know, to sit there and do this crap. And I, I myself, I'm not going to buy WWE. I haven't bought a wrestling game in a while on there. It's not for the fact I don't like wrestling games. It's just that always felt that the WWE games have been kind of stale for a long, long time on there. So I'm kind of anxious to see what Ukes does on their own. They are working on another wrestling game. I'm not sure if they're doing their own fantasy league or if they're working along with AEW at all. But I'd be curious to see what happens with that business. But Yeah, those glitches have been they've been hilarious. Oh, yeah, they're funny also- as hell. Yeah, but it's also, it's like, how does something like this get past your Q and A? I mean, how, I mean your your quality, the quality assurance must have just been either that or I mean, just going off the top, the graphics. There, were, I, I I know on the my Twitter feed, someone had posted pictures of the Rock from last year's game. Just like a regular image of The Rock as he appeared in last year's game, and this one, the new one, and it doesn't even look like him. <laughs> I mean, not even close. I know it, I saw it, a picture of um, trying to think of the female wrestler's name. Um, God help me, Kevin. That's the one that just turned heel 
Bailey that Bailey, she looked yeah. like yeah she looked like told <laughs> just like um just just she looks ugly as all get out i mean she looked like a cyborg or something <laughs> so I, I just don't understand how they can actually like look at that game and say this game is okay let's release it like i i just don't understand how how from like a business standpoint or, or a marketing standpoint they can do that it just seems so bad Ugh. Oh, if you did buy the game digital and PlayStation, there was a news story stating that Sony is offering refunds on the game. So, on uh, that, so so Sony just straight up gets out of the out of their nature a little bit to offer refunds on digital content, but they are offering retail um, refunds uh, for the game just happening if you bought it digitally. So, if you bought it physically, too bad, so sad. Go trade it in before the trade in value tanks. So. <laughs> So sad. I mean, that was that. just. That's just. There's just no excuse for that. No excuse for that. No. It, it almost makes me wonder when Ukes was taken off the series, if maybe the the uh, there was some um, surprise from uh, what's the name of the people that are doing this one? Uh, you just mentioned them. Visual concepts. Uh, visual concepts if maybe they just took their development teams like completely by surprise and say, okay, uh, we're doing this now and you're not going to get any more time. This game has to be done by X date. And it was just like, it it seems like a rust job, particularly when you look at the, uh, the images, the graphic images that they use for these wrestlers. It's just like, Almost like they worked from a base framework and just said, okay, we don't have time to do a to do a polish. Let's just throw everything in there and go. I mean, we gotta to me, get this game out on time. It's a wrestling game. It does not need to be released on the annual um, dev cycle. Uh, it's absolutely. a wrestling game, for God's sake. <laughs> Any sports game, I would say, does need to be released on a, on an annual. I mean, just do an, a roster update, and that's it. Yeah, I would agree, but yeah, you know, it's just greedy on everyone's, um, you know, just on their hands. You know, basically, they want to get the annual release out and be able to rake in that cash. You know, mm-hmm. so incremental updates on there. You know, to me, I'd rather if I had one wrestling game. I don't care as much as far as it being current with the uh, roster in question. So, I mean, I'm just going to pick one game and, and move on with my life. You know, whether I boot up, uh, get my N64 out and play like WCW versus NWO or something, I'm just as satisfied with it. So, but the announcement from Visual Concepts that Ukes is no longer working on the game came out early August of this year. So obviously I'm curious how long they've really been working on this thing. So, Mm -hmm. so hopefully anyone out there that has bought the game, you have gotten your refund or you've traded that game in, or if you're going to hold out just like someone in the basement waiting out a tornado or something, hopefully it gets better at some point. So, all right. Other things that caught my eye, um, Atlas uh, just announced a few days ago that that they have announced the um, latest game in the Persona series, Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom 
Strikers is going to be out in Japan on February 20th, 2020 on there. So 2-2020 on there. So, and if you haven't, didn't know about this particular title, it is a completely new story set after the events of Persona 5. This is the Musou game, the Dynasty Warriors um, type game that is being worked on between the Persona team and uh, Koei Tecmo's Omega Force on there. So after uh, half a year after the ending of Persona 5, the Phantom Thieves of Hearts get together for summer vacation but get wrapped up in a new incident. Mystery cases are occurring all over Japan. Palaces, the cognitive worlds of warped adults have returned. Dying their disguises once again, the Phantom Thieves set out to resolve this new incident. So um, Joker is not the only protagonist of Persona 5 Scramble that you'll be able to control. You'll be able to control all members of the Phantom Thieves other than the Navigator. Uh, switch up characters to fight the situation calls for it. Run through cities full of shadows with dynamic Persona summoning action. So game looks very stylish on there. It is out in February of next year. No U.S. date as of yet. We don't have a U.S. date right now for um, the uh sequel to persona 5 or like the uh, director's cut i forgot what that's called kevin the royal royal edition royal edition yeah that that uh, rumor it's supposed to be out i think february or march of this upcoming year on that in the u.s but they don't have a firm date as of yet but uh any excitement for this i mean i haven't played persona 5 yet myself but uh neither have i <laughs> it's super good I know. it's really good uh, yeah, and I would be definitely be getting this uh, when and if a U.S. release date is announced, or oh, even or even if it's not, if there is an English version or if there's a, a mode where you can switch to change the written language. Uh, uh, it's, be... it's it's coming out. It has yeah. to come out. So, Persona Five was super popular in the West, so I, I see no reason why it wouldn't. But just the same, if they're the only, I mean. It's. It looks just like from the screenshots. There's going to be a lot of text, and uh, I would want to be able to visually enjoy the story, to be able to read what's going on uh, for something like this. I mean, otherwise, it's a Muso game, so I can understand how folks would not just want to just play that uh, and just kind of skip the story bits, or at least the uh, uh, the text parts of it if you don't know how to speak how to read japanese but i would want to be able to take in all aspects of the story so i would need to have that english conversion yeah well if you want to go crazy there is a treasure box version of the game that's coming out in japan that includes a newly illustrated special box an art book original soundtrack uh the strikers theme song making a blu-ray disc a morgana towel and a persona Team original design sachet. So, Ooh. I know. So, so just in case, that is a hot thirteen eight hundred yen. So thirteen thousand eight hundred yen, which would be around hundred and forty dollar US. On that. So, Ooh. not as bad as that three hundred dollar limit uh, collector's edition of SpongeBob SquarePants that's coming out. Is that what <laughs> but, you want, Joe? Yes, that's what I want for Christmas. So, sure listeners, Christmas? yes, yes. Okay, Joe, I'll get you that for Christmas, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. Because you're my buddy. So, of course. So, uh, next news story kind of took me by surprise, but uh, there is an update to the game Helldivers. 
Wow, uh, hell divers. Wow. Yes. I haven't thought about that game in a minute. I haven't either. You know, there was a free PlayStation Plus game back like two, three years ago on there. But we played the crap out of that game, the three of us. Yeah, I know we, we did. did. Yes, and this game is a free update. So, so mm-hmm. Hell Divers Dive Harder includes a completely new game mode called Proving Grounds, an improved loadout system, as well as some tweaks and balancing changes. On there, this update is going to be released for the base game on PlayStation Four, PlayStation Three, and also on Vita and Steam on that so proving grounds is a unique replayable mission that takes place in the city purpose built as a training facility captured enemies have been let loose to roam the streets and give the hell divers an opportunity to hone their skills on there so uh, proving ground mission consists of three components uh challenge which is the challenge is an actual objective the hell divers are tasked to complete uh modifiers a modifier mixes things up and forces the hell diver to stay sharp for example, unexpected orbital bombardment strikes the city or electricity goes out, plunging the map into darkness and then conditions. A condition primarily affects the loadout available to the Helldiver, like shotguns only or only defensive stratagems or p- perhaps a new weapon every time you reload. So looks like they're kind of playing around with the system a little bit on there. So there are three different proving grounds available during a galactic campaign, and they unlock as the campaign proceeds. At the end of the campaign, all three Proving Grounds resets. New Proving Grounds unlocks in the next Galactic campaign with new combinations of challenge, modifiers, and conditions on there. So um, there's going to be leaderboards with the Proving Ground um, expansion. And at the end of the Galactic campaign, you'll be awarded a cape by Super Earth Command on that. So. And they also have an improved loadout system for the game. Uh, so you're able to save favorite loadouts. So you could get up to three different combinations of weapons, perks, and stratagems for quick access when starting a mission on there. And you could do a random loadout too, uh, which if you want to mix it up, that's another thing you could do. And then they added some tweaks and balancing changes. Um, they gathered information from the community and um, pretty much have tweaked this so much it's uh, gonna be out it was out released a couple days ago so if you're interested in this if you want to get back to hell divers re-download it check it out so any uh interest in going back to hell divers at all guys maybe i mean this all sounds very interesting it, and it, is it a free download okay it is a free update yes yeah. might have to do it because like it it, it 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 costs the the right amount of money and that's free of course three ninety nine yeah three ninety nine I would want a new game for a Hell Divers but I'm glad they got a patch out and get some interest back in this title because I mean like you said we used to play the heck out of this multiplayer so mm-hmm. so all right another new story caught my eye I want to kind of talk about this is more skewed towards you Desmond on there so this is about Obsidian. And so um, Outer Worlds just came out this past week on there. After Outer Worlds, Obsidian Entertainment is stepping into a new chapter as a studio. Um, They were obviously late last year uh, acquired by Microsoft. And speaking with a particular website, um, senior designer at Obsidian, Brian Hines, explains that the Microsoft acquisition doesn't give Obsidian an automatic green line on whatever the studio dreams up but it does let the developer focus on its ideas rather than the pitching process. 
on there. It says, now that we're part of Microsoft, we're focusing more on what the next games are going to be. We don't always have carte blanche to do whatever we want. That'd be fantastic. It definitely is much more focused on like, okay, let's make the games cool. Let's like make the games we want to make on there. And reading about Obsidian through the years, I know that they have had like rough times at certain points because of the fact that they have always have to get a game com set com game com set com set. Okay, Ken, when you guys, yeah, there concept. you go. Yeah, that's why. You know, me reading all the news, never mind. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a point that they always have to pitch. They always have to get these games where they don't know where their next game is going to come from, whether they're going to get support and so on and so forth. So now that they have Microsoft in their back pocket, they are able to not have to go through the pitch part of it, the, you know, see where their next project's going to come from. We'd see if they're going to fold, you know, kind of thing on there. So. But, you know, what they're wanting to do is that, you know, now that they are kind of set free with the purchase, they are going to be able to develop the games that they want to develop. So, I mean, it's kind of cool to see Obsidian kind of not having to worry where their next next sugar daddy is going to come from out there. So, so any uh, thought, Desmond, about this? I mean, I would love for them to maybe go back to some of their old IP, maybe even Alpha Protocol, but... That's what I'm saying. Alpha Protocol will always be my favorite game. It was my favorite out of out of all, and I love it. I love it. I love it. And I would love for them to do another Alpha Protocol. I would love for them to do another. Just because everyone's always talking about, you know, how how good, um, what was it, um, Fallout Fallout was, and I'm like, I get New it. Vegas. Fallout, yeah, New Vegas. And I was like, I get it. Fallout was great, but for me, it will always be Alpha Protocol. That was my game. So. Uh, so I would love for them to do another Alpha Protocol, and even though I'm not super happy that that they are, um, well, I shouldn't really say that I'm not happy because I have no idea what's going to happen um, with them being a part of Microsoft. But for me, it is always and will always be if, if they go to um, Alpha Protocol or go back to Alpha Protocol, I will be so ecstatic. I will just be like, yes, but, but, um, um. The game itself, and uh, I know I'm probably not going to talk about it now. So I'll, I'll wait till I give. I'll wait to give my review for um, for the Outer Worlds after you know we get to like our playlist and stuff because I've been playing it. But um, but yeah, I I think the game is awesome. You know that that that's my short spiel before we move on to something else. <laughs> but um, but yeah, what would you I, what would you think, Desmond, if from this point forward because this game started in development uh, with support from 2k private division is the indie um uh print uh label of 2k and uh, you know from here this point out i mean there's no guarantee that you'll be able to play uh any of obsidian's content other than on a gaming pc of some sort on windows or on an xbox on there it'd be cool if they bring it out for other platforms but uh you might be up to a point where you might have to purchase an Xbox. I already own an Xbox. But I'm talking about the new Xbox, not the Xbox One, sir. So. I mean, that would be fine. Gotcha. Would that be something that would be worth it for you if uh, they come out with certain games in your wheelhouse? Yeah. Again, I would would do it. I I would support 
I would support um, um, Obsidian. Like, I, I would support them. I've played Stick of Truth. It was great. I paid um, all different games from them, and it was great. So I don't see... I don't see why it wouldn't be like I would buy I would buy the console for them, you know, to, to play their games, you know. So yeah, yeah. Any are you gonna play uh, Outer Worlds at all, Kevin? Um, I downloaded it, uh, so I'll probably check it out. I don't know if it's gonna be something I'm gonna keep because. Uh, I'm still working my way through Gears 5, so I kind of want to let the... Uh, I mean, I'll check it out, because I still got some time on my, uh, what is it called, Game Pass Ultimate. But, because um, I, I, I went on ahead and extended it so I could wrap Gears 5 up. But uh, I'll, see, I'll, see how it, I'll see how it goes. Uh, once I, I finish Gears 5, which hopefully won't be too much longer... Um, I'll I'll jump in jump into Outer Worlds, and if it's uh, something I'm digging, I'll go ahead and hold on to it a bit more. Yeah, it's a fun game so far. I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna download it too and see. I'm not sure if I'm playing on PC or whether I'm gonna play it on um, Xbox. We'll see on there. So, all right, and last but not least, our last news story before we head on for the rest of the show. Um, if you didn't get to see, uh, Bethesda announced a subscription service for Fallout 76. Which is insane. I don't know how you get the the gumption to even throw something like that out. <laughs> so we're really going to talk about this, huh? Yes, we're going to talk about it because it's, it's super interesting. <sighs> so um, for those interested in playing the game, because basically what this Fallout first is, is that you're able to, uh, for twelve ninety nine a month or a full year of service for ninety nine ninety nine, uh, be able to go ahead and get your own private server uh, on there where you can play up to eight of people at a time in a particular game world on there. Uh, basically have your own private server to play the game on. On there, the game's also supposed to bring out additional benefits, including a new scrap box, which provides unlimited storage for crafting components, a survival tent, which adds a new placeable fast point uh, travel point on the map, allowance of uh, 1650 atoms, and which is follows 76's premium currency per month, the special ranger outfit, which includes the iconic uniform for Fallout New Vegas and a selection of icons and emotes on there. So, um, not only what's happening with this, there was a lot of stink about it. There's also the point that once upon this being released, fall it the um, subscription service is basically um, glitched right now. So, so you know, for the people who have have subscribed to Fallout first. Um, you cannot make your world's invitation only. So basically that means if you start a private server to play the game on, anyone from your friends list can join, <laughs> no matter if you want to wall it to uh, seven other particular people on there. The introduction of the scrap box. Some players have said that this unlimited capacity storage space is swallowing their junk hole and that's bugged their inventory out. So and, uh, they said that the... Bethesda said that it's working to sort out these problems. We understand that this is not what the players expected for their private worlds. 
we're looking to provide an option in an upcoming patch will allow Fallout First members to restrict access to their servers more completely. Fixing the scrap box issues is currently their top priority, and they're exploring ways to restore items that went missing from people that signed for, for the service on that. And last but not least, to add the uh, dollop of cream and the cherry on top, um, players that actually sign up for Fallout First are actually getting harassed in the game itself. So people that are playing Fallout 76 that are not members of Fallout First, uh, they are ganging up on Fallout First members in the game and gr griefing anyone with the icon. You have an icon uh, that shows up by username if uh, you are in the game to show that you're a Fallout First member. And so what's going on at the moment is people have been virtually been getting beat up on there. So... So one person, one person uh, posted on Reddit, I got beaten up when I decided to do the Mothman emote in Vault 51. At least five to seven people in teddy bear costumes kept punching me. And you also know, you also know that like the, the private servers, I guess now are not, they're not so, they're not new uh, instances. I guess people are going into old instances by yeah. that I mean, like they're finding like stuff that's been looted already, and bodies that have been dead already, and so so there's nothing to loot in these in these private servers that they've been on, and so Bethesda is saying uh, that that's because you know it's it's not because it's it's it's, a, it's so much of a new instance. It's just that you know you are um you're uh you're coming in and it's um. Uh, if you've already if you've already op if you've already been in this world before, then uh, then it should already be um, uh, should be done like that because it takes it takes a time for for it to replenish and stuff like that. But the problem is like these are new worlds that like no one has gone to before, so it's like well how could this stuff be already you know looted if I haven't even been to the world already? So so they're they're not even giving them fresh instances of these worlds. They're no. giving them used like yeah it's like giving like giving someone that wants to have sex a used condom versus a new condom yeah like all. here you go uh, or you know getting a piece of chicken and find out that there's nothing left but the bones basically yeah so. and and what they're, what they're trying to tell him is like oh no 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 it's only bones because you already ate it and they're like no i haven't i haven't even touched it what <laughs> that's that i can't understand it's just like how these people are just gonna be like it's just it's bad it is so bad it's just Ugh, uh, I just can't understand. I just can't understand why people <laughs> want to do that. And then, and like, like, so I watch these, um, I watch these people on, uh, these streamers and just, just the stream outrage of, of people that I watch is just, it's just like, I, I don't want to laugh, but it's sad. It's like, it's sad because like Bethesda used to be like, like on top, they're like, like, this is Bethesda. They're great. You know, they can't. Of course, they're not going to be complete and utter assholes, but they are, and it's like, why? Like, why are you like, why are you like this? I don't know. It's just I don't know. to me, it, it introduces like kind of a class system. It's like they literally someone was tweeting or comment commenting basically that Fallout First players because they're paying the extra moolah should be like the people that have the houses up in the mountains, like on the hill, and then the common folk are the, just the regular plain Janes that are just bought Fallout 76 vanilla. So There's like even a thread on uh, Reddit 
It says, Fallout up first players. We need to assemble and build gated communities for ourselves. Piss poor 76ers <laughs> are targeting us. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> we need to come together and shield us from these animals. They will tear us apart and they will never be satisfied. So that's the current outrage in the Fallout 76 community oh, as we speak. So, so does, does he have orange skin and a bad toupee? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, no, it's so sad. This, and, and, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but subscribing to Fallout first, you still have to pay to get Fallout 76, right? Yeah, correct. Which yeah. is like on sale right now. This is now on top of it. <laughs> yeah. This is on top of what you're of what you're spending on the on the game itself. That's the I understand. It's like this is this is extra. <laughs> like you were literally paying extra to do this. It's like it's just. Paying extra for perks, basically. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I thought about trading in my copy of Fallout 76 because I actually did buy it. I got it on a sale, but it trades mm. in for like $3. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Rightfully so, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it's probably... They should sell it for $3, actually. $3. $1.99. Are you out of your mind? cheap <laughs> Scary. so i just feel i think it's just so sad that bethesda's gone down this particular road especially with the fallout franchise hopefully outer worlds will satisfy that type of a gameplay loop for people out there because you know i don't know what they're going to do fallout 5 you know see what they do at the um well, starfield it's, yeah starfield it's starfield yeah. and it's uh, elder scroll 6 you know, yeah. and and the thing that the thing that really makes me really kind of sad about the whole situation is is I wish they would just be like, you know, like what's going on, like 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 what's really hood, you know, like what's 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 the problem, you know, is something like is something going on with um with them, like uh, by that I mean like Bethesda, like like are you like hemorrhaging money or something, like is something going on that you're that your um that something's wrong you know like like do you need money like 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 do you need like what do you need buddies because something is obviously <laughs> going on you know the the way the way you're handling this so like i i wish they could just be honest with us and be all like sorry folks you know our main guy is not thinking right we need some help and we'll be like okay you know we'll get you some help because it's just like I, I just honestly can't understand why this is happening. You know, like, like where, where where does that corporate greed come from? And then to top it all off, I guess they've been a they've been acquiring. Uh, they, I guess they acquired another studio um, that's supposedly uh, I can't remember the name of the studio. Please uh, in the in the comments correct me if I'm wrong. They they just acquired a. Um, a mobile game studio. Yeah, another mobile game studio. So it's like, are they trying to go into the mobile? Are they are they really trying to double down on like mobile stuff, or they, or what? They've been, work, they've been working on mobile stuff. But, well, I know. know that, but it's like, but it's like, are you are you trying really hard now to to really fully like go into mobile gaming? You know, I don't, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah, no. Fo- uh, Fallout 76 should have been buried. They should have just shut the server down. Look, they're still trying, but obviously this attempt by their PR just 
<laughs> it's just it's like adding gasoline and, and a light lit match to a d- disaster that they're trying to recover from still so this is gas gone wrong games as a service gone wrong this, yep. i mean and, and i tell you i mean this is the, this is the 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 realm that they're trying to push us in where you're paying for continued access to content and in this case it's not the content isn't even presented to you in a fair way you're 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 pay you're literally paying for worlds for for denial of access to uh, uh sessions that you've never been on that's just that to me is just insane. So I don't know. I mean, I hope this thing blows up in their faces uh, from a corporate standpoint because this stuff. Mm-mm. Uh-uh-uh. So that's all the news I have this episode, gentlemen. So. Well, alrighty. So we're going to jump into move from 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 that disappointing news article. Mm. <laughs> we're going to hit up our playlist. So, Des, why don't you kick things off? Tell the folks what you've been playing of late. So, what I have been playing as of late is um, midterms. But other than that, <laughs> uh, other than that, I have also been playing um, uh, The Outer Worlds. It is a fantastic game. I normally do not uh, like. I normally do not like um, first person first person games. Um, but, uh, the only first person games that I really have played that I've really enjoyed have, have been, uh, Destiny, of course, uh, really in Borderlands and then, uh, Bulletstorm only because for some reason Bulletstorm was just super fun. Um, uh, but those are pretty much the only, uh, games that I have, I've actually sat down, uh, first person games that I've actually sat down and played and really enjoyed and, and the Outer Worlds or something... I don't know. There's something about it that just is, is so hilariously um, timely because the game, like the whole game, is you know you you wake up or you get woken up by a mad doctor and everything in the future is run or in this certain solar system the Halcyon Halcy- or Halcyon is is run by uh, corporate uh, corporate people and so it's just hilarious to me because you know i'm like i'm studying like business management so it's like i see this stuff and it's all this like management stuff and 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 so it's this sort of like social commentary you know built around this kind of um this um the futuristic video game. So it's just kind of apropos about what people are doing. And like, you know, you're just, you know, working for the company and, you know, got to toe the company line and, and, and it's, and it's, and it's, uh, you know, this is what you got to do and it's great. And, you know, so, so the narrative is really kind of interesting. So, uh, the, the game looks great. Um, even on, um, uh, even on my 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 poopy PS regular old PS4, the game looks great. Uh, it plays well. I haven't hit any bugs or or anything. Um, it's just a regular old. That's what I like about it. It's just it's just a regular old uh, action RPG, and 
And would I have loved for it to be a uh, third person? Of course. And I was talking to Joe about it. And, you know, if I get it on PC, because I, I plugged in the PC, uh, and I'm trying to make that work now on Steam. Um, and it's just like, you know, maybe they'll put a patch on it and you know, it'll be third person. But I don't know. Uh, but again, if you haven't played The Outer Worlds, you really should pick it up and try. It's 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 a really good game. The narrative is clean. The 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 building blocks are there. I'm still on the first planet. Um, but what I like about it is there's not a lot of trompsing around in the game. Like you you wherever you need to go to 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 complete the quest or or work in the quest is not too far from your destination so so the game moves you know you're not constantly just like running for hours to someplace else to do something then you got to run back to do something no everything is very much it, it's it's not an open world game which is fine i i think open world games get to i think we have a little bit too many of them right now so to have an actual narrative driven you know rpg you know, and it's a single player game, no multiplayer. It's just like it's sad to me that nowadays it's it's like a novelty to have a single player multiplayer game. You know, it's like what? Because this single player um RPG, you know, that has no multiplayer component. It just seems very like I'm happy, you know, that that's the case. Um and it's a great game. Um, it has a little, you know, the it very much is like like a um, a Fallout game, but it's it's definitely uh, Obsidian's own take on it. And and it's a great game. I cannot wait. Like if this is the quality of games that we can expect from them, and they're not being you know funded by by Microsoft, I can only imagine what they're going to do with Microsoft. So so for this. For them joining is one of the only things that I'm excited for for having an Xbox because now it means I actually will probably play it. So, um, another games that I've been playing. Uh, so PS4 is having a really big uh, sale right now. So I went through and I um, bought a whole bunch of games uh, that were super cheap. Like I bought Torchlight 2, which is a Diablo clone. Um, I played that with Joe last night or. That, uh, I played that with Joe, and it was, and I'm having fun with that game because for whatever reason, I played Diablo. And I don't know something about it. it. Just I never really got into it, the art style or whatever. I don't know, but but I like the art style for Torchlight too, and I'm enjoying it so far. Too also, evil for Diablo? No, no, I don't think that. No, I just something about it. I was just like, mm, I don't know, just never really got into it. But um, also played. Um, I got for the King. It's another indie game, and I got Titan Quest finally. And then I was wanting to buy a game called Earthlock, you know, which is very interesting because Earthlock was a game that's been around for for quite a while. Uh, it's a PSN game, and when it wasn't when it was released originally, it was um, it got really shitty reviews. Like people like tore it to shreds. And so the creators basically said, okay, they took all the feedback, took the game off, and then rebuilt it from the ground up using using everything that, about what they said, and then re-released it. And and now it's actually a, a much different and better game, you know. And and it's very interesting, you know, that that an indie studio will look at that and not see it as like a bad thing, and and actually take the criticism and then and then redo a game and make it a better, make it better. And it's like I really wish that that studios who have who have the money, AAA studios who have the money, like like that fucking like wrestling game. It's like you're getting all this crap. It's getting all this crap. Take it down, make it better, you know, and then re-release it. Just, 
I still understand why, you know, they can't do it because they have, they actually have the funding to do it and they don't, but I don't know. That, that, that's another, you know, thing for, for another, um, another, uh, podcast. Um, and then I tried to play, uh, Darkstalkers three. Um, that was interesting. A little bit more of the same. I downloaded it, played it for about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And then I, I deleted it. <laughs> so do you, do you mean dark siders? Dark siders. Dark okay. dark siders. Thank you. Dark siders three. Yeah. And I always, I, I always yeah. say dark stalkers and I, I love a sequel to dark stalkers, but <laughs> yeah, dark siders. Sorry. And that just got, and they're, they're just showing new things about that fourth one. Dark stalkers or sorry. Dark, 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 dark siders. Sorry. Dark siders yes. Genesis, which is the one about the fourth one. Sort of. So the, the quadrilogy, the quadrilogy is is done now. <laughs> so all four of the horsemen will have a um will have their own game. And I'm then, kind of excited for that one because that's an overhead. That's yeah, like a isometric uh, four player game. So we'll have to see when that comes out if they yeah. do that well. So and then the and then the last game that I've been playing, which is really took the bulk of my time, which is a fantastic game. If you have not played it, you are really really doing yourself a disservice and that is strange brigade that game is awesome love it it's just it is one of those games where you can just turn your brain off and just shoot the shit out of zombies and sorry mummies mummies are sort of zombies they're just egyptian i guess they're (laughs) they're they're ethnic zombies i guess i don't know so (laughs) zombies of color so so i don't know but it's just like it, it it's like an old like pulp it's like an old pulp uh serial, you know, like an old pulp film and you know the narrator is hilarious, the gameplay is solid, no glitches and you just get your guns and there's a lot more depth to it cuz you can equip stuff and I don't know, it's just a really fun game. So I was playing the crap out of it. I was forcing Joe to play the crap out of it. I want Kevin to play it with us. It's a four player multiplayer game. It's great. Um, you got horde modes, you got all these different aspects of the game, right? And I was playing it like crazy because Joe like bought it for me for like 12 bucks or something at like Walmart or something. I don't know. Joe's always calling me to be like, Hey, you want this game? It's super cheap. And I'm like, sure. You know? (laughs) Um, so he bought it for me. And so I started playing it. I just instantly fell in love with it. I fell in love with it so much that I bought it twice. I actually had Joe buy the uh, collector's edition for me, which was hilarious because the collector's edition came with like an art, it came in this like oversized package and it had an art book. It had a uh, like you know like DLC weapons, you know, and all this other stuff. And then it, it had a it had an actual uh, paper like like cardboard, um, not diorama, but it was a cardboard uh, punch out where you could build a model of the of the zeppelin that the strange brigade flies around in and so paul my partner he put it together because he loves putting that stuff together he just loves it he loves doing and puzzles and stuff like that so he put it together and then like we we took a picture of it and it came in a it came in a metal a, a ted a um a, a steel case and everything and then paul was like yeah so we took a picture of it and we thanked joe for getting it for us the game is amazing if you haven't played the game you really should I I bought that game and then I downloaded all the DLC with all the characters. Like I am in it to win it with that game. So I really hope I really hope um, it's uh, Rebellion, right? right? Uh, Rebellion, yeah, yeah. I That's really hope, correct. yeah, I really hope Rebellion does a Strange Brigade two. 
because that is a game that I would I would I would Kickstarter or, or, or crowdfund in a heartbeat. That the, the first game is just so good, so good. So yeah, they're working on Zombie Army Four right yeah, now. Yeah, which is fine. Game. Do what you yeah. got to do. You know, get your money. But but it, I would love for us Range Brigade too. So, but well, that's all that of... I've been playing. <laughs> Oh, just to bridge into my what I've been playing because sure. we've been sharing a few things. But uh, yeah, um, you're not forcing me to play Stranger Brigade. It's just sometimes I want to play other multiplayer games with you, and it's like, okay, Strange Brigade again. I guess you know, kind of thing where I'm wanting to play more Wreckfest with you. But uh, uh, Strange Brigade is awesome. Yeah, now me and Kev played it at the place, the last PlayStation experience, and that was quite a bit of time ago, actually. Yeah, I think it was like two, two years ago, three years ago, something like that. It, it was two years ago, yeah. So it was back in what, uh, like December 2017, is when we uh, played it together, and we loved the game at the show on there. And just when the game came out, I bought it, you bought it, Kev, but we never really at the time uh, decided to fire it up and go at it, you know? So I kind of regret not playing it at that point in time with you. And then maybe at that point, Desmond, you would have played it earlier uh, in your life than what you did when I wound up getting you the uh, clearance discount special. But, but, other than that, I've been playing um, quite a bit of Wreckfest still. I'm doing the single-player um, campaign on that. I just passed the uh, first section of the single-player campaign. Uh, there was this one section where I had to race on a couch that literally I had to go ahead and repeat for like 45 minutes to get first place on there. I just To me, the physics racing a couch with a coffee table bolted onto the damn thing. Um, not exactly the most intuitive. I kept spinning out going into turns and it took me a minute to get my handling down on it. And you can't soup up your couch for whatever reason. So, <laughs> But uh, still enjoying that game. I definitely want to play more racing games for sure. So I've also been uh, playing Borderlands 2. I'm in Mr. Torg's campaign right now. Yeah, official name, Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage on there. So I'm almost finished with that. I've been meaning I played Borderlands 3 very briefly, but I'm I'm I want to finish Borderlands 2. I want to put the put the baby to bed on there because once I get done with all this content, I'm just, you know, um getting every little bonus. It's like I got a, a bucket of chicken and I got all the sides from KFC with Borderlands. I'm just making sure I finish my plate before I go on and go on to my next meal, which is going to be Borderlands 3 on that. Um, of course, you did mention briefly uh, Desmond Torchlight 2. So I enjoyed what I played of that. I'm definitely going to go back to that, both multiplayer and single player. Fired up my PC and played some PC games for first time in a while. And what do I play on my PC? I played ukulele on there. So a uh, reason why I booted that game up on Steam is it runs at a nice 60 frames a second on PC. Both console versions on Xbox and PS4 only run at 30 frames a second. It does make a difference on that. It was my first time playing with an Xbox controller on Windows. And uh, there's like an Xbox UA that pops up on there that I want my big picture mode in Steam to pop up when I hit the Xbox button in the middle. So I had to, of course, do some roundabout way to get rid of the Xbox UI on there. So that way um, I'm not 
getting all that information. Now, granted, some of the features are pretty nice with the Xbox dashboard that pops up on PC, but you know, uh, if it's going to disable my ability to be able to get to the Steam OS, it's kind of in my way. So, and then last but not least, in my playlist since the last episode, we did uh, go over to my friend Nick's house, our friend Nick's house. Me and you, Kev, on there. So we did play some multiplayer shenanigans. We had got together and we're passing the controller and playing some multiplayer games. So we played games like Saturn Bomberman, uh, WWF WrestleFest. It's good to say WWF for a change, right? Not the, <laughs> not the world. The golden uh, age. Yes. Not the, um, what's what's WWF actually stand WWE, for? It's the, world Wrestling World Wrestling Federation. No, what's the other? It's like World Life, World Wrestling Wildlife, Entertainment, Entertainment, World Wild Wildlife Fun, I think, or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. that's yeah, World Wildlife, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then we played some Castle Crashers for a minute, and then played that old Sega arcade game Quartet, which is always a hoot on there. So yeah, I'd be surprised that game. I only played it back in the day, single player, but playing it with four people, ton of fun on there. It's all about blocking that key and then cock blocking your um, fellow friends on there to try to get first place. So always fun on there. So and Kevin, what you've been playing, what you've been up to? Well, for me, I've been hitting up monster hunter iceborne. That's pretty much the, the bulk of my game time has been that uh, came to come to find out that my youngest nephew is a monster hunter world junkie. Uh, and shame on me, I didn't even have him on my on my friends list because <laughs> uh, I thought he was uh, I thought he was Xbox uh, only or Xbox primary. But no, he's been he's been hitting Iceborne super duper heavy. He's actually in the end game, and so he is going through the uh, guided lands. Uh, where I'm at is I'm at the section where they reintroduce the uh, elder dragons. So you have they have elder dragon subspecies that I'm dealing with now, and I just fought the black veil Valhazak, and he's not hard, but he's irritating and annoying as all get out because his miasma reaches further than his base form. And his, you were just constantly getting hit with these uh, uh, ailment attacks, um, you know. You know that that Valhazak does, and it's it's his his attacks are have a, are stronger now. They're not just uh, giving you uh, those uh, those miasma ailments. You're also getting knocked back, and he does have a move that will one shot you if you're not at a hundred percent health. So. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. I was I got past that, so now I'm at the section where I'm exploring, doing open exploration uh, in the different worlds to uh, pick up tracks for those uh, uh, subspecies elder dragons. Now, so the Valhazak has has been done. And I've got to do the rest of them. I know Nergigante is coming up. Uh, uh, Kieran. The uh, the electric pony. I gotta fight him. <laughs> gotta fight him, and I've got a, one or two more others that I have to do, and and that's in the story, uh, part of the story elements of Iceborne. But that's pre- that's pretty much been my 
my jam, man. I'm actually putting, I've got my in-game weapons together just about. I work with the bow and the charge blade. So I've got my, my I've got the strongest, uh, and I run element. So uh, I've got the strongest uh, element weapons for those two classes that are in the game. So now it's just a matter of uh, kind of buffing up my keep my armor to uh, a level that I can deal with some of these uh, uh, elder dragon subspecies. So kind of digging that ex- and been ex- experimenting with some uh, some of the newer skills. Uh, Coalescence is one that comes in handy, particularly with uh, the Black Veil Hazak, which. Basically, if you have it maxed out, it can stack up to a 40% damage on top of whatever uh, DPS uh, skills that you have acquired. So every time you get an ailment, it could be burning, it could be poison, it could be decay, which is what Val Hazak has. Um, Even if you correct, even if you um, heal yourself from it, that... uh, coalescence last i want to say it lasts something like three minutes um whether you you've healed yourself or not so you you're constantly in a state of buffing your dps when you're running coalescence so that's been an interesting uh skill to use uh particularly with something like that um other than that i've also been playing gears five i played a little bit of that and I'm at a point in Gears 5 where I'm starting to see the uh, the fissures in 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 the narrative. And what I'm what I mean by that, I don't mean that about the quality of the story itself. It's how it's presented. There was a I'm at a point where and I won't go into detail for spoilers sake, but I'm at a point where some members are reintroduced to the story. And it's almost, I feel like a huge section of the narrative was just deleted. And they go, you go, instead of going from A to B to C, we just went from A to C. And with no real explanation. It's just like, hey, I'm back and this is what's going on. And I'm, eh. (laughs) It, it really is, um... It was a it was a jarring transition from a narrative perspective uh, that I really it really took me aback because I for a minute I actually thought that the game had glitched and had skipped me a, a couple of levels or something ahead. Uh, so I went back and reloaded a prior uh, a prior save and no that's that's just the way that's 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 just the way they presented the narrative which was very disappointing because I think there was some uh, potential for some interesting content from a character de- development perspective that should have been much more fleshed out because this should have been a major plot point in the story and they just treated it as, you know, just, oh, well, just, just never mind all, all that stuff that happened before. This is, this is, this is where we're at now with no just a position no <laughs> no no insight as to how that situation took place so really disappointed in that um but yeah uh i do have outer outer worlds uh downloaded 
on the Xbox, so I'll be checking that out. Hopefully, not too in in the not too distant future. Because if 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 Gears makes another uh, narrative jump like that, uh, I'm just going to delete it because I I found it to be. I almost deleted it when that when that happened because it was just lazy writing. Um, so I'll I'll, but I'll definitely be checking into the Outer Worlds at a at a later date. Um, also pick also have Grid and Wreckfest as well. I just haven't played them. <laughs> Again, most of my game time is devoted to Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and grinding my way through that content. But um, yeah, that's uh pretty much all that I've been doing game-wise. So, uh, contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email that you're going to want to use if you have any questions, concerns, want to share your opinions on our favorite hobby of gaming, or even if you'd like to be on the show, uh, be a part of our little production here you're going to want to send your email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. I can be reached on the social medias at uh, shownuff71 on Twitter. That's at S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. On PlayStation Network, I am shownuff7, same spelling with the number 7. On Xbox Live, I am shownuff071, same spelling with 071. And on Steam, I am Shonuff71. So Trader Joe, where can the fine folks get a hold of you at? Uh, they can contact me. My Twitter handle is Joe Fungul, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. You could reach me on PSN. My username is Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. That's my same user handle also on Nintendo Network and on Steam. On Xbox One, my uh, username is the same, Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A, with 6966 at the end on there. I happen to change my username with the new program that they're running on Xbox Live. They're trying to be more uniform with uh, other um, services like uh, Discord and also like with um, Blizzard's um service on there so so happened to got to change my name but i do have to add the 6966 at the end so on there so how about desmond how about you sir yeah you can find me on uh, psn on uh, as nemo tigger n-e-m-o-t-g-g-r um i will most likely uh that's pretty much the only place you can find me really i am on uh steam and i'm gonna try to uh, do more steam stuff because i'm trying to make this computer stuff work you can look me up there as a Nemo Cub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. Um, I'm not really on Twitter that much anymore, but if you do, sh- if you do shoot me an ad, I will, you know, respond. And I'm at uh, the Nemo Six. Uh, that's uh, T-H-E-N-E-M-O um, Six S-I-X. Well, all right, and uh, folks, we're going to say thank you for joining us on this ep- on our season five, episode ten. Uh, my name is again Kevin, aka Shonuff71, and for Des the Bay Area Terror and Trader Joe, aka the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. We are signing off for this week. We will catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>